0: Meta has spent upwards of $50 billion developing the metaverse. But will it pay off? Go inside the company in a new three-part series, from Facebook to Meta, Zuckerberg's big bet, in the Tech News Briefing feed from The Wall Street Journal.
1: Here's your money briefing for Monday, February 12th. I'm J.R. Whelan for The Wall Street Journal. For richer or poorer, We often hear that phrase when romantic partners exchange vows to stay together and live happily ever after. But should that phrase apply to your friendships?
0: People who have either scored some huge windfall or landed a big bonus or changed jobs, changed industries, in some way dramatically changed their personal finances for the better. It is crucial to stay in touch with those old friends because it keeps you rooted in your value system.
1: We'll talk to Wall Street Journal personal finance reporter Julia Carpenter. After the break.
0: Meta has spent upwards of $50 billion developing the metaverse, but will it pay off for the company, its investors, and for CEO Mark Zuckerberg? Over time, I hope that we are seen as a metaverse company. And I want to anchor our work and our identity on what we are building towards. Meta's trillion-dollar business and how we use the internet could hang in the balance. Go inside the company in a new three-part series, from Facebook to Meta, Zuckerberg's big bet, in the Tech News Briefing feed from The Wall Street Journal.
1: The way we manage our finances can impact a lot of things in our lives, including our friendships. Wall Street Journal personal finance reporter Julia Carpenter joins me. Julia, what are some of the factors that go into how we choose our friends?
0: Sociologists know that we often bond with people that we have something in common with. So there is a sameness that breeds closeness. And you can think about this when you make friends through hobbies or friends through family or friends through other friends. You have that common ground.
1: So how does money affect the friends we have?
0: Well, because of that common ground, we often make friends at places like work or college, or school, or places we spend a lot of time, but also places that are intrinsically linked to our financial lives.
1: How do conversations among friends about money tend to change as people get older?
0: I interviewed Raina Cohen. She is a podcast producer and also the author of a new book called The Other Significant Others. She has this great story about how she and a friend used to text each other in their 20s when they were both broke, and very early in their careers, they would text each other when avocados were on sale as just like, oh my God, can you believe avocados are on sale? This is a huge day for us. Run to Safeway. And now they don't do that anymore. They have grown in their financial lives. They've grown in their careers. And that sort of day-to-day conversations about deals or savings or spending falls away. And then as we make more money, or as our financial lives take different directions, maybe in some cases we make less money, there's more baggage there. So we have to sort of counteract that when we talk with our friends.
1: Money's a touchy subject for all people of all ages, but it makes me wonder, what is the best way to discuss money with your friends?
0: Reina had a really great suggestion. She said, talk about money around decision points. This makes it easier and it makes it more natural. It's not like you sit down to brunch with your friend and say, hey, I want to talk to you about money. You say ahead of brunch, hey, I really want to go to brunch with you. I just want to ask, what's your budget for things like that these days? I don't really know what we're all spending on brunch anymore. Here's some options at different price points, something that kind of gives an opening or a portal into this bigger convo.
1: What's your experience with talking about money with your friends?
0: I'm someone who writes about money all day long, interviews people about money all day long. And I also still feel that little hesitation when it comes time to be vulnerable or when it comes time to ask someone else to be vulnerable. I have two of my best, best friends. And we said last year that we wanted to take a trip together every March. They live in California. My girlfriend and I live in New York. We took a great trip together last year around March. This year, Some other stuff is happening, and it just wasn't going to work financially. And texting them to tell them that was so nerve-wracking for me. Even though I knew they would understand, I felt like I was letting them down or disappointing them or somehow abdicating on this promise that we had made each other.
1: How do financial professionals say our friends' ability to manage money can be beneficial to us.
0: I interviewed Eileen Freeberger, and she's a director at the Garrett Planning Network. She has talked with people who have either scored some huge windfall or landed a big bonus or changed jobs, changed industries, in some way dramatically changed their personal finances for the better. And she said that for these people, it is crucial to stay in touch with those old friends because it keeps you rooted in your value system. And same with if you've gone the other way, right? If you've lost a job, if you made a bad investment, if you have fallen prey to a scam or somehow lost a chunk of money, staying in touch with those friends, not just pulling away, not letting life separate you, keeps you rooted to those original values. And you don't have to do things like going out for dinner and drinks or going golfing. You can do other things with them as well to still stay rooted to that original value that brought you two together as friends.
1: You can do all your core friends' activities, I suppose, just by staying in and watching TV.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's something I did with a friend recently. About six months ago, she moved careers and moved jobs, and her job now is a pay cut. I just brought up to her because I was aware that this would kind of change what we were doing. This would not make our usual going out, getting a couple of cocktails at a fancy place thing as easy as it was in the past. So I just sort of brought it up. We both watch Vanderpump Rules. And so we moved that drinks hanging out ketchup to now a TV eating popcorn ketchup. And number one, I see her more because we're doing something that's free. So we're not having to get everything else in line to do it. And I think we're both happier for it.
1: So let's say someone has these types of money issues on their mind and they're concerned about how their friends might react. How should they step into that conversation?
0: Brenna Cohen had a great example about this. She brought up buying concert tickets. And I think anybody who's been to a show recently knows that depending on the act you're seeing, concert tickets can be really expensive. So what she recommends is sending the tickets, sending the different price points available, and asking your friend, what are you comfortable spending? I'm thinking this. And then seeing where that gap is is a way to then find out how you can bring that closer together.
1: But what if friends can't come to a common ground solution about money, and money does more or less come between them?
0: I interviewed one woman. She's in her 30s. She lives in D.C., and she had made sort of a similar move to the friend I was describing where she – took a pay cut moving from one job to another job. And at the time, she was being invited to a lot of weddings. She was going on a lot of bachelorette trips. And there was this opening for her to say, hey, everybody, I just made this financial move. This is what I can do. This is what I can't do. But she said she found she couldn't do it. She was so worried about disappointing her friends, and also losing out on that time with them. So when I was interviewing these experts, talking to the financial advisors and the friendship educators and the therapists about this, they mentioned that happens. Sometimes our inability To talk about this or the fear that we're carrying that in not talking about this, we're going to risk damaging the friendship may over time damage that friendship. You may pull away over time if you find that you're not able to do the things that you used to do with your friends or that you resent having to do this, but you for some reason can't find the way into the conversation or help. Everybody involved see the realities at play.
1: But if somebody does come into some wealth, it could be a higher salary or just a a better financial situation, there are a lot of factors that could actually shrink that financial success and they would come back down to where they were. I suppose that it could be a test of the friendship, just will my friends be with me through thick and thin, through richer or poorer?
0: That's where Eileen's point that staying rooted to that original value is so crucial. And as she pointed out... It's not just staying rooted to that original value, whether you're the rich friend or you're the broke friend or you're the friend who's sort of watching all of this happen within the group chat. That common bond that you had should be the center and the core of that friendship. And if you're noticing that these things are getting in the way of it, then that's maybe your sign to come back to that original value and see if everybody else can do the same.
1: That's WSJ reporter Julia Carpenter. And that's it for your money briefing. We'll be back tomorrow with WSJ's Ray Smith to discuss ways the dreaded work meeting is about to get a makeover. This episode was produced by Ariana Osparu with supervising producer Melanie Roy. I'm J.R. Whalen for The Wall Street Journal. Thanks for listening.